I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my friends Rivka and Burke, and this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. How are you today, Rivka? I'm doing great. Awesome. Great. So typically, at this point, I would ask you about invitations. <laughs> ended. Um, so I, you haven't had a lot of time to work on invitations. So is there one you're planning on working on or any sort of overarching theme you're going to take from this conference to work on as an invitation? Well, I was thinking about this this week. (laughs) It's like, when he asks (laughs) this, what am I going to say? Um, I think for me, it's going to be, uh, at least right now, I don't know. I'm leaving this open to shifting as I continue to study this and maybe get direction in other ways. But mm-hmm. um, as I was thinking about President Nelson's initial message that we talked about last time and um, his upcoming one that we'll be discussing about spiritual momentum, I was thinking of ways that I can be living, aware of how I'm living the gospel and speaking of it just in my everyday conversation and not mm. allowing that um that I you know that idea of like I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ and trying to identify maybe some ways that that is showing up in me holding back um in just freely talking about it as a part of my life and a part of my weekends and the things that I'm you know doing or thinking about even if it's with other people in the church I want to get better at being comfortable being open about my love of and practice of my religion. Awesome. So in the love, share, invite sort of paradigm or approach, you're focusing on share. I think, like you should see my face right now. I'm like, what am I committing to? This is so scary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, but yes, like, for example, this is, this is a thing that happened this last week that, kind of got me thinking about this. I guess I must have been thinking about it earlier, but I had was having a conversation with a friend and and she's one that I run into maybe once a month and we'll talk for half an hour or 45 minutes um just as we're as we're doing things. And so we were talking about it and and I mean we were talking together and we were discussing um what in gospel verbiage I would say is service to others. No, she she grew up the um, daughter of a Christian minister, um, but she's not really active in any sort of religious practice. But we discuss life and we discuss living and, and being good and, and self-development. And so we were having this discussion about helping out and, and when we should and when is it not ours to do. And, and as we were doing it, I was sharing a thought and what came into my mind was the stuff I've been thinking of, like what is actually Christ-like service and and how can I make the things that I do 
Christ-like service rather than just filling an obligation or something like that, where my heart, the, the way that my heart and intent is, is different. And so instead of just thinking that in my own head and letting her talk, I decided to share that because I knew she would understand Christ-like service because she grew up Christian and she knows that I am a, a practicing member of my faith. And so I just did. I said, this is something I've been trying to work on. And and she was very supportive of it. And there was no me trying to teach her the gospel or anything. I just talked about it as because this is what I'm doing. And this is what I was thinking. So I had that moment and I was like, oh, the world didn't fall apart. Nobody got offended. She was very supportive. I need to be doing this more. So that was sort of, that's sort of where my mind is with this. So trying to just be more open and inclusive of maybe making the way that I talk about my life be more indicative of the, um, <laughs> like you would be able to know that I am as religious as I am by the way that I talk about it. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. So I, I love that. And Elder Uchtdorf talked about that, sort of sharing it naturally mm-hmm. and just as part of your everyday life. So look forward to hearing more great stories about how that worked oh, out for you. Okay. Hopefully they're great ones and not disasters. <laughs> we'll see. Disaster stories are good stories too. <laughs> or maybe any stories at all, because that means I'm trying. Is that what we're... Yes. <laughs> yeah. okay. Yes. I love it. Okay. Perfect. Well, Burke, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying listening to you guys chat. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm going to guess that you you already shared with us last time what your big invitation was that you're going to focus on, and that's serving others, right? You know, that is my big one, but actually the other thing that that I actually did something towards working on, so we're going to talk about that instead, was (laughs) there was a a talk about conflict in families. And mm. I have reached out to a sibling that I have not had a very good relationship with for several years, um, following some hurtful things that were done. And I'm still tentative about having a relationship with this person, but I reached out. So we'll see. Oh, that that's fantastic, Burke. That can be so hard. Yeah. Um, just like Rivka was saying, it's almost, you know, it's just so easy to not do either of those things, to yeah. just... Yeah. To just sit and be and, and go on about your merry way. So yeah, well, that is really awesome. Was during the talk, the spirit very clearly said, you need to contact this person. And <laughs> I forgot about it. And then as I was listening to conference and driving this week, actually, I don't even think I was listening to conference at the time I was driving. It came almost unbidden to my mind. Like, hey, remember when mm. you got this impression six days ago that you haven't done anything about? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And so then this morning, I talked to Rivka about it for a while, and then just went ahead and, and sent a text. So we'll see. Um, I don't know that anything will change, but uh, I feel like I at least I, I served the ball. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, I'll be praying for that to to have a good outcome. But Thank regardless, you. Um, it you know you took the steps, and that's the important thing. So, well, fantastic. I think for me, um, you know. I had a couple, uh, so the big theme that sort of, or invitation that hit me was was missionary work. And so part of that is similar to Rivka, you know, how can I be a missionary in normal and natural ways? I think I've made efforts over the past, I don't know, five or 10 years to be more open about um, my faith and and sort of bring it up in conversation in a way that is normal. Um 
like if someone says, would you do this weekend? It's not, I don't just say, oh, you know, nothing. We just hung out as a family. You know, I, I go out of my way to say, well, we went to church or we watched conference or whatever. Um, but I, I think I need to work on the invite um, portion of that. And then I also, all these talks, when I hear them, I think, well, how can I help the ward do that? You know, mm-hmm. how can I help the ward be missionaries? I wouldn't say it's been a major focus of of what I've done in the ward, um, and and maybe it needs to be more of a focus. Um, so <clears throat> when I hear Leah talk about wards where there's a missionary focus and she she gets all excited and hyped up, I think oh, I think I need to do a better job at that. So um, as part of my calling, that was another way that I felt like I needed to work on an invitation. So. I'm still not exactly sure how to do that, working out the details, but I think, you know, uh, at least the rudder has been turned and, and put in motion. So I'm traveling in the right direction. Now I got to, you know, plot out the exact course. So that's right. You have, you have opportunities to refine your systems. It's fantastic. And indeed, <laughs> indeed, exactly. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. That, uh, will, that <laughs> quote will bless my life forever. So <clears throat> Well, let's uh, talk about our, our actual talk today. Missionary service blessed my life forever. I did not do that on purpose. Um, I didn't just say that twice on purpose. It just came up. Um, and this talk is by President M. Russell Ballard, acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. So Rivka, today we'll start with you. What was the fundamental doctrine that stood out to you here? Um, that missionary work blesses every single person on earth. That's what I got from this talk. Oh, um, yeah. that he, when that's you zigged when I thought you were zagging. I thought you were going to say blessed his life forever. But. <laughs> I did not. No, because it, and it's funny because I remember well when he was giving this talk, I feel like I missed the first half of it because I was surprised at how um, how much he aged. In the last six yeah. months, mm-hmm. his speech was slower. He was weaker, and I was distracted by that for a little bit. Not not just like, oh my gosh, he looks older. But when I was seeing Which that, she did say, I did say he does like he <laughs> he looks older than he did six months ago. And then I thought, well, I know what happens now. This is what happens in the right before we lose someone we love in the Quorum of the Twelve mm-hmm. Apostles, you know. And so then I was thinking about all the talks of his that I loved in the past. And this is why I read conference talks instead of listen to them because my mind will catch something and then go off and then I'll come back and I'm like, where the heck was I even in this talk? I don't know. <laughs> so that's what happened for the first part. So when I first heard this talk, I was just thinking he was just talking to missionaries. But then as I reread it, I was like, oh, he is talking about how his missionary, like his missionary experience blessed him. But then he goes on and he like he gives calls to fathers and mothers to help out to bishops and he talks to the missionaries who are currently serving and that you 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 know when you're released from your mission you're not released from activity in the church and as he talked like as I was reading through it I was like there's no one all the people they teach all of their families um, the friends that they're around when he's like invite your friends and I just that so as I reread it that was what came to me was that missionary service, full-time missionary work, blesses everyone in different ways. It touches all of our, all of our lives. Okay. I love it. I, I had some of the same feelings, Ripka. He, you know, he, 
Deanna and I were talking later. Is was he having word finding difficulties because he couldn't read the teleprompter? Because apparently he's blind in one eye, I guess. Yeah. Um, or and then I reread, and so she sort of concluded that's what it was. But then when I reread the talk today, it sounds like that happened a while ago, and this is a significant difference between this one and the yeah. prior. So. I, yeah. It made me feel like his health was failing. So, yeah. I mean, he's old enough. He's appropriate. He deserves it. But sure. you know, like, but it's still when we we love them so much that it's hard to confront the fact that they may not be with us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember so vividly as President Monson failed. Yeah. Um. You know, his health failed. Be conference to conference, and the one conference where I thought, oh, just like, can you? Please, Lord, just let him stay standing for this whole talk, yes. you know, and yeah. just how emotional that was. And uh, yeah, it's hard when there are people that you feel like you've come to know over years. So, yeah. And a depth of gratitude for the service. Like they are, these are moments when you're watching them give their lives in service of the Lord, you know? Right. The, the, the memorable moment when Elder Hate was getting weak and, and yeah. Ben Elder Nelson came and held him up so yep. he could finish speaking. Those things where you just, they're giving everything they have to the Lord in these moments. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. the spring chicken, Elder Nelson, I know. You know, <laughs> gets up there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so true. <clears throat> well, um you, whatever his health situation is, yeah, I, I felt some of those same emotions, and we'll see how it progresses over the coming months and years. So, um, Burke, what was the fundamental doctrine you you heard here in this talk? Well, I feel like the obvious answer has to do with missionary work, but I have to go back to something you kind of just talked about a little bit. But his paragraph at the beginning where he says, Brothers and sisters, several years ago while I was speaking in general conference, the sight in my left eye was suddenly compromised by something called macular degeneration, which subsequently worsened and has left me without useful vision in that eye. And like mm. this shook me to the core. He, during conference, yeah, while speaking – begins to go blind in one eye. Now, yeah. if ever there was a time in your life when you, you know, I would feel like you could pray to God and be like, really now, <laughs> you know, I know I wasn't doing anything to deserve this right now, you know, and especially <laughs> as someone for me, when, you know, at 20 years old serving a mission in Korea and beating my head mercilessly against the language and against a people I felt like didn't really care that I had traveled there to try to share this with them was also getting sicker and sicker and ultimately diagnosed with Crohn's disease that ended my mission. And I remember that time in my life feeling like that is so unfair. Yeah. But I'm not sure I can hold a candle to losing my vision while giving a conference talk. So yeah, (laughs) I I know what a striking when it, yeah, it's crazy. And and I, and I guess the lesson for me there, if I'm going to say it's a central doctrine, is you have to do what God has asked you to do, and it won't prevent this world from taking its toll on you. But ultimately, yeah. there's eternal goals. And so I like that forever is in the title of this talk. Indeed. And if I might um, add to that, Burke, and you know, who, far be it for me to add to what you've said, but the very next sentence, mm-hmm. to add a little bit of positivity to that, he says, as I have dealt with this challenge mm-hmm. and what, what are we going to hear next? You know, is he going to say, I struggled, <laughs> I, I wrestled with the Lord, you know, uh, you know, why did you do this to me in the middle of the dark? No, he says, I am ever more thankful. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, Oh, 
Okay. Well, that's why he's an apostle, isn't it? I guess, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or perhaps all of his years thankful. as an apostle have refined him Indeed. to that. <clears throat> it's it's probably both, right? It's mm-hmm. the iterative climb up the mountain. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 cause and effect at the same time. So, yeah, yeah what a what a striking story to hear, and um, uh, it, it was really really made an impact. So, well, um, I am not an apostle, and I'm still prideful and selfish. So, let me tell you what stood out to me as I heard this talk. <clears throat> um, I was actually working, so I had to work that morning just till noon. And so I was in the other room when this talk was going on, and I I could hear the rest of my family listening to it. And of course, then I went back and listened to the full thing later, you know, with attention. But as I was listening, I was really not listening, right? I was focusing on my work. But as I was working, I just heard the word bishop just like coming out (laughs) over and over. And I was like, would you please stop saying that word? It just, <laughs> it just stood out to me. And, um, you know, of course, he he was telling people to go talk to their bishop and all good things. But um, I was kind of sitting there working going, yeah, I, I don't I don't like want to hear a talk that just keeps saying that over and over and, and adding, you know, sort of uh, duties or demands to my life. Mm -hmm. So that was my selfish, prideful experience. And then I repented later and read the talk and listened to it fully and, and, um, and, you know, humbled myself and realized it's, I was ever more thankful for my calling and the opportunity I have to serve. So um, once right at the beginning, after I was called that my stake president, we were in a bishop's council and he said, it was right after general conference. And he's like, do you know how many times the word bishop was said in general conference? And we're all like, no. And he's like, I counted. It was 90 times, <laughs> 90 times. It's like, wow. Okay. So just a feeling of um, responsibility. So, but again, I, I repented, I humbled myself and, and I, I truly am thankful for that opportunity. And as, as I reread the talk and he's telling people like, go talk to your Bishop to get on a mission. And he says, bishops go find people to go on their missions. I thought I, I want more people in my ward to go on missions. And I wish there were more like YSAs and youth who were in that situation, but we're really not a, um, you know, I have a lot of youth who are on the cusp of that. So I have a couple people going this year, one coming home this week, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't. It's not like I have a bunch of eighteen to twenty-five year olds running around the ward who I can just sort of round up and start giving them the mission pep talk. So I then I thought, you know, actually I kind of want that. I, I want that. You know, um, it's not a. Uh, it's not a. What's the word I'm looking for? It's not a. It's a. It's a privilege, not a responsibility, or it's mm-hmm. both. So I'm rambling now. So I'm gonna go back to someone else who has something useful to say. So anyone who's so, ever had a calling knows exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as you can tell, I did not put those thoughts together before I said them. I so, <laughs> I am a verbal processor. When it what it what comes out is what's swirling around in my head, and it's got to crystallize by like exiting my brain. So perfect. Well, Rivka, let's go back to you. Okay. Um, tell us something else that stood out to you from this talk. Well, another thing that stood out, I don't know. He was telling all these stories about himself. Um, when he, uh, he begins by talking about his family and the effect that the Great Depression had on his family. 
And one of those things he said, it led to an unfortunate turn for my parents and our family. My father became so involved in saving his automobile dealership and supporting a family during this difficult period that for a time, my parents did not attend church. Although we did not attend church services as a family, that did not prevent me from attending occasionally with my friends. And I thought, well, I guess maybe on the records of the church, he technically would have been considered less active during his, you know, youth, the years that he was a youth. And I had to think about that for a little bit. (laughs) And then he goes on to talk about how he had some friends um, when he went to college that decided to serve missions. And, and it sounds to me like when he went to college, he, he was active again, but I just, it was one of those things where I thought, well, he was a youth that would have been considered less active, but he clearly still had a testimony. And as someone who works with youth, it made me very hopeful (laughs) for when I see youth who are struggling with family circumstances or their own things. And maybe their activity isn't what we would want it to be that yeah. the spirit reaches out and and will call to them because obviously elder ballard has gone on to to live a very faithful life so yeah not I, an Rooka, obvious the, thing in this talk but that was something that stood out to me i was like oh my gosh he would have been less active as a youth mm-hmm. indeed i had the same thoughts since i work with youth as well and the thing that sort of struck me as to what brought him back and got him on a mission was his friends. Did, yeah. did you have that same thought? Yeah. Yep. The friends he, he chose and that he didn't, mm, he didn't allow the circumstances, the difficulties, oh, not allow. He didn't use the difficulties his family experienced as an excuse You're to, right. Right. to stay away. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it just made me ponder, like, how can we use the righteous influence of good friends to help some of these people who might be sort of teetering, teetering on the edge? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, in the context of his health and his last talk where he referenced losing his wife and being lonely, and then he sort of gives this retrospective about the most important formative experience of his life, uh, it, I mean, not to go back and talk about the same thing again, but it it just felt like he was sort of saying goodbye over the last few conferences. My son said the same thing when he was Mm -hmm. during the talk, he was like, does this sound like a goodbye talk? And I was like, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and here we are talking about it. (laughs) I know. We hope for many more conferences of talks from him, unless it's his chance to go back and be with his wife, in which case I hope he gets to do that. Yeah, indeed. Well, good. Thank you for those thoughts, Rivka. So, Burke, what else stood out to you as you read through this? Well, obviously, there's one line in here that stood out to me, and it, uh, quote, in his name, you will be sent on errands to serve others, unquote. Because <laughs> I... Ooh. <laughs> of course, that line, the one about serving others. But the other interesting thing to me, and it's kind of right above there, and he says it in multiple different ways, but the gist of it is... I was prepared by my mission to do all these other things that happen later in life. And from where he is sitting to look back and know that there's part of my brain. I think the part that relies on randomized controlled, double, double blinded, you know, studies in order to determine things be like, well, how can you know that? You know, Mm. but at the same time, he has the benefit of a lifetime of service and the spirit to maybe show him 
here's mm-hmm. all the things that your mission taught you that then helped you later, helped you later, helped you later. And I think it has to be true. Like I can't separate what my mission taught me from what I wouldn't have known had I not gone. But for sure, the experiences I had on my mission were very formative. Yeah. And so you just referenced sort of some struggles on your mission and, you know, health being the primary driver of that. So despite those struggles, you still felt that your mission was a formative, you know, experience that influenced the rest of your life, Burke? Formative, yes, but not one that generally felt very positive to me. Um, And that's been a hard thing for me in the church ever since because missions are generally, you know, best two years of my life and so many great experiences. And I have to kind of delve to remember positive experiences from my mission. I know they were there, but they were overshadowed by so much of what the difficulty was. But that was Hmm. really the first opportunity in my life where I had a chance to show the Lord that regardless of how hard it got, I would not stop and I would not quit. Right. Hmm. So, I mean, that's formative. Holy cow. That's what a thing to be written, you know, on the core of your being that, that your commitment can't, can't be broken no matter what comes. So, and in fact, that's formative. Elder Ballard addresses that in this talk. He Mm -hmm. says right after that, the Lord will authorize you to teach his name. He says, you can show him that he can trust you and can rely on you. Mm. Man, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So even though I'm going to, I don't want to just sit in the same place for too long here, Burke, but I'm trying to <laughs> understand what you're saying about it. So even though that was a powerful experience for you, if you think back on your mission, it's still sort of with a negative, uh, you know, feeling about it or a negative light uh, or, or maybe ex- Flush that out for me so I understand it better. So I have a recurring nightmare where I get a letter from the first presidency asking me to finish the last six months of my mission. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I'm really grateful when I, and, and, and in the, in the dream, I always say yes. And I tell my family, Hey, I got to go back to Korea for six months. And sometimes I even end up over there teaching again. And I'm always wow. so relieved when I wake up from that dream. <laughs> huh? Interesting. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know I had powerful, wonderful spiritual experiences and I can look back at my missionary journal and I can kind of relive those, but the overwhelming feeling from my mission was that it was extremely difficult and I'm glad that I did the best I could, but at the time I didn't feel like I accomplished a whole lot and yeah, it was really hard. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one of somebody I know who's a, a former bishop, <clears throat> when I first got called, we were just talking about the calling, and and he said, it was a million-dollar experience, and I wouldn't give you a nickel to repeat it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yeah. <laughs> so, man, I, that seems to fit. <laughs> well, and even, you know, had I known how difficult it was going to be, I still would have gone. Yeah. Because the Lord asked me to, and I'm going to, you know, it's my duty. I'm going to go ahead and do it. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard for me to be rah, rah, rah about a mission. Like, I think you need to do Mm. it. The Lord has asked you to do it. And like a lot of things in this life, you will be better for having done it, but don't expect it to be easy or even a lot of the times enjoyable. But for those who go and it is both easy and enjoyable, I'm happy for them. 
<laughs> it's it's so interesting. So I grew up, um, you know, my dad uh, left the church, or perhaps more accurately, was forcibly removed from the church, and um, my stepdad, uh, who was you know my father figure from about you know, late, uh, elementary age through teen years, um, was not rah, rah, rah at all. He, he, maybe here's the common theme. He spoke Korean (laughs) (laughs) on his mission and he was in Los Angeles though, or, you know, California. And so he would say the same thing. Like, um, you know, a lot of people love their missions and think of it the best two years and so on and so forth. He's like, no, I really didn't enjoy it and was not great. And I don't want to misrepresent him. So I hope I'm not, you know, taking it too far, but those are the things I remember from being a teenager, him saying, um, and then certainly, you know, I've talked about this before on the podcast, you know, when I was on my mission, my mother passed away from cancer. It was not diagnosed before I left. So it all happened on my mission. Mm -hmm. Um, but somehow when I think back on my mission, I only think of, I only think of it positively. I, like all the pain and, and emotional, you know, distress I experienced for some reason is not what comes to mind. Um, certainly, I would never want to live through that again or wish that on any missionary, but I'm, I'm rah, rah, rah about it. And I don't know why, I guess I think I need to, <laughs> it to could think be about that it. You have a natural cheery disposition, Todd. <clears throat> I, that has to be part of it. And I've said this a hundred times. I am so grateful for that every day. I did nothing to deserve it. I didn't do anything to work on it. Um, I mean, I just, the Lord gave it to me and I'm so glad for that. Um, I got, I have lots of other things I'm not glad for, but that's one I'm, I'm very, very grateful for every day. So, uh, so I, I think I would echo that. I think, you know, every young man, whether it's hard, terrible, you know, rough at times should go and serve a mission. And I I hope that the Lord will bless you throughout your life. I know that he will, um, by doing that, even if it's, there are some experiences that are terrible. And I think I talked a few weeks ago, how Aaliyah, um, was having a pretty rough time. And Mm -hmm. that included one night where they're in the relief study room on the floor, like literally laying on the floor in tears, just having a breakdown. And, um, I think she would say the same thing. It's all worth it. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it will bless you through the course of your life. So and I think a lot of people would talk about parenting the same way, probably. Right. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's so hard, but so worth it in the end. So <clears throat> interesting. Well, um, everyone's experience is different, but I believe what he's saying here that, that you'll be blessed as you, as you serve the Lord. I think, um, there's a lot more we could talk about with this talk. Um, we didn't cover all the details of his life and the things he he referenced, but I think we'll just encourage people to go back and read it, and let's move on to blessings and invitations or invitations and promises. And we've referenced some of that already, but let's talk about some others here. So, Rivka, what uh, promises and invitations did you pull out of this one? Well, the big, uh, I don't know. The invitation, I think, is go on a mission. Right. If you're in a position to do it, go on a mission. And the promise, I'm trying to see, why do I have this written here? I've got to come back. I think he quoted this. Okay. Either he, maybe he didn't quote it. Maybe it was because this is why I'm getting confused. He quotes 
uh, President Spencer W. Kimball in here and the talk that he gave, which I then went and read. So they're a little mixed up in my head. But <laughs> Doctrine and Covenant section 32, verse 3 says, I myself will go with them and be in their midst. And I am their advocate with the Father, and nothing shall prevail against them. That is the blessing that comes when we are willing to be missionaries, um, full-time or otherwise, that the Lord will go with, which is a great thing, because He's the one who um, does all the work of converting, right? We're just there to open our mouths, and regardless of of the outcome— regardless of the outcome of the decisions of the people that we're sharing the gospel with, that's what we're asked to do is just speak, open our mouths and share the gospel and live the gospel. And then he promises he will be with us. And he is the one who carries the burden of conversion, not us. And I think that's an important thing to remember and, and blessing that comes with our willingness to serve. That is so true. And I want to offer maybe the opposite side of that coin, um, which is, the second to last paragraph where he says, um, go forth and establish my word, yet ye shall be patient in long-suffering and afflictions that ye may show forth good examples in me. And here's the part I wanted to get to. And I will make an instrument of thee in my hands unto the salvation of many souls. So we do not bear the burden of conversion, but we receive the joy of being the instrument in somebody's salvation. Um, so the Lord could come down and just do what he did in third Nephi and appear in the sky and everyone would be converted, but that's not how he works. Um, he, he's not interested in efficiency, right? And by, by being the ones who are the instruments of that um, conversion, so we're not doing the converting, but we are the Lord's, you know, the, we're, we're the Lord's hands in this, this work. Um, we receive so many blessings. That in and of itself is a blessing. To feel the joy of seeing someone else else's life change is mm-hmm. is indescribable and irreplaceable and can't be obtained in any other way. So um, two sides of the same coin, but I loved that yeah. promise as well. So um, Burke, what other promise or blessing did you pick out from this? So this goes along with um, what I was talking about before, but he says in the paragraph just before where you read, he says, build upon the good habits you learned on your mission. He's speaking to people once they're home. Build upon the good habits you learned on your mission. Continue to strengthen your testimony. Work hard, pray, and be obedient to the Lord. Honor the covenants you have made. Continue to bless and serve others. Which if I'm honest with myself, you know, on my mission, I felt like I was daily getting up to do something that was very difficult that I felt I had very little aptitude for um, in a language that I struggled to learn. And that was very instrumental when I got home from my mission and then was prompted to prepare for an education in medicine and go to medical school and all those same things applied. I got up every day and did something that I wasn't that interested, that I didn't feel like I had an aptitude for (laughs) and competed with a bunch of other people I thought were better at it than me. But I am now in a place in my life where I have a job that I'm very good at, that I get a lot of satisfaction from, that brings me joy and allows me to help others. And all of that came from the things that I learned on my mission. I just kept doing those same things. So really, in that way, my experience is the same as his experience. Yeah. 
I think one of the other conference themes I heard was waiting on the Lord's timing. And what a beautiful story of that that you just just gave us, Burke. Um, in the moment, it didn't seem very great. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're reaping blessings that you probably had no concept of or couldn't even have imagined on your mission. So Even, even halfway through medical school, three-fourths of the way through medical school, <laughs> I wouldn't have had any idea that I would end up where I am now doing what I am. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's fantastic. Great. Well, thank, thank you very much for sharing that. That's awesome. I am so appreciative of the two of you and your amazing insights and experiences. And um, I, I truly believe that I'm a better person by talking to you guys each week. So thank you both. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, our next talk that we will discuss is We Are the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints by Reina Aburto. And that was, it was, this was an amazing talk. I can't wait yeah. to talk about it. Um, so looking forward to that until then, if you want to find us, you can reach us on social media, um, on all the, um, different, uh, platforms using the handle, um, words of the prophets podcast or email us at words of the prophets podcast at gmail.com. But today, thank you for joining us. And until next time, keep the faith. Hola a todos. This is Hermana Ebert. And here are my thoughts on Elder's Ball Elder Ballard's talk, which I have no title for, um, nor do I have notes or a written copy. So I'm <laughs> just like last time I'm going from memory. Um, but I do remember that this talk was also about missionary work, which is super cool because I'm a missionary. Um, and yeah, so one thing that I liked that I am sure I will see in my life is that he he talked about a lot of ways that his mission when he was, let's see, 19 it would have been, or 20, um, prepared him for a lot of things in his life. And same with other people he knows and, and things like that. And that is definitely, definitely true. I am learning so many life skills that you might not think of when you see, you know, two guys in white shirts riding bikes in the rain or two women wearing dresses walking in the park. You don't realize all the things that they're learning when they're doing that. <laughs> and so uh, it's been really, really cool for me to see that I'm growing in ways that I didn't even think I would grow. Um, and then there's, of course, ways that I did anticipate, such as uh, growing in forming relationships and growing in my faith in Christ and growing in my leadership skills and things like that. Um, one particular way I didn't anticipate was my music. I left behind a lot of musical things. Um, and when I was in the MTC, it kind of felt like I just shut off a part of my brain and I was kind of sad about it. But as I've been, I'm out for six months now as of today, and I have played the piano a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I've played piano in every ward that I've served in for a sacrament meeting. I've played piano at zone conference. I've played piano at mission conference. I've played piano for this, this, and this, and that, and that, and devotionals, and district councils, and all the things. And my sight reading ability has gone up, which is basically when you look at a piece of music for the first time and you can play it. Um, and like I'm sure a lot of other areas have been getting better as well. 
and I'm not studying it and I'm not practicing daily, but I'm still growing mm-hmm. in, in those ways. So um, that's something that has been really cool. Um, my communication skills were already pretty good because of the job that I used to have, but I think that has also really gone up on my mission just because you have to be so good at communicating pe- with people who aren't good at communicating um, in order to like set up lessons and this, that, and the other. But yeah, so I have learned a lot on my mission, um, including how much a bag of Caesar salad costs mm-hmm. at Walmart. And, you know, you don't serve a mission thinking, oh, I'm going to learn how to buy things at the store, but you do. And so missionary service is not only good because it has the potential to solidify your conversion, but it also prepares you for life. And God wants us to, you know, be educated and able and capable people, humans in a society. He doesn't just want us to, I don't know, sit in a church building all day and do nothing. Um, because we we are meant to be part of of society, and so I think it's really cool that the missionary service helps you do that. So yeah, highly recommend a mission for anyone considering it. This, if you didn't already get a prompting from the spirit during conference, then this is me telling you to go serve a mission. If you are a young adult, young single adult between the ages of 18 and 26 who is worthy and able. Um, yeah, this is a good talk. There, I'm sure there's more that he covered, but I don't remember it and I don't have my notes, but I'll read it again later. <laughs> so until next time, guarde la fe. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.